Welcome to the Azure for Industry podcast. We're your hosts, David Starr and Paul Marr. In this podcast, you hear from thought leaders across various industries discussing technology trends and innovation, sharing how Azure is helping transform business. You'll also hear directly from Microsoft thought leaders on how our products and services are meeting industries' continually evolving needs. In today's show, we're talking about the Internet of Things, or IoT, with two preeminent experts in the field and learning how Microsoft is making deep inroads and new plays with IoT offerings. So first of all, I'd like to welcome Sam George, who is Corporate Vice President of Azure IoT at Microsoft. Sam, welcome to the show, and I wonder if you could tell us just a little bit more about your team. Thanks, David. Uh, it's great to be here, first of all. Yeah, I represent uh, a pretty significantly large team now at Microsoft um, that builds all of the different Azure IoT products. Um, you know, we started our journey in IoT about six years ago, and uh, we've made some great progress. I'm excited to be here and talk about all that with you today. And then we are also joined by Jeff Cornwell, who's the global IoT category lead for Microsoft's commercial marketplace. Jeff, what's your role in your team's mission? Hey, good afternoon, David. Thanks for having me. Um, so my role uh, in a nutshell is I lead our IoT category for our commercial marketplace. And if you you think about a marketplace, think about it in the terms of a retail supermarket in simplest terms, you know, we have categories. Uh, and one of our categories that's key to our success is IoT. So so my role is really to lead my team to, to do a couple of things. One is to ensure that we have the best selection of IoT solutions that are built on Azure available for our customers in the marketplace. And then secondarily, we want to make sure we're driving the success of those solutions and making sure customers that have access to them uh, can purchase them and deploy them uh, in the most automated and efficient way possible. And then ultimately, we want to make sure that our marketplace as a platform has the right features and functionality so that we can fundamentally deliver that marketplace promise of a full kind of end-to-end -end find, try, buy, ultimately deploy scenario. So that's my world and uh, excited to be here. So thanks for the invite. That's perfect. Thanks, Jeff. That's a good explanation. So I'm going to start out with a very broad question because a lot of people wonder what exactly we mean when we talk about Internet of Things. You know, a lot of people have this impression that it's a bunch of Raspberry Pis con connected <laughs> together over the Internet, right? So, Sam, I wonder if you could explain to us your favorite way of explaining the uh, IoT world and what is the current state of the industry? Absolutely. Um, so the way to think about uh, Internet of Things is, and I and I, I did this with a friend of mine once who was in a different, uh, in, in the aerospace industry, and he was asking me a similar question about, you know, how would you explain Internet of Things? And I said, well, tell me about some of the things that you do in your line of work. And he was explaining some of the things that were happening in their factories and, you know, and, and I was saying like, hey, how much visibility do you have into that? Do you know in real time you know, everything that's happening in your factory. And you said, well, you know, some places we do, you know, there's some other places we don't. I said, imagine if you knew in real time what was happening in the physical world and all the different things that you care about. What what could you do with that? And, you know, we wind up having this discussion about, you know, these optimizations that they could make and cost savings. And, and, and then at the end, I said, you know, that's all the internet of things is. It's using this technique of deploying inexpensive devices to monitor things that are happening in the physical world. 
And so when I describe the sort of three atoms of the IoT molecule, as it were, it really comes down to three different components. There's things, and often those are devices that are, again, monitoring something in the physical world. You know, in IoT, you're typically not that interested in the device. It's a means to an end. But you're really interested in what the device is monitoring. Then there's insights that you gain from the monitoring of those things. And then there's informed actions that you drive as a result. It really is that simple. You see those three in every single IoT solution. As far as the state of the industry, IoT has been around a long time. It was called machine to machine back before cloud. And cloud made IoT fundamentally different in two important ways. The first is it meant if I wanted a deployment of an Internet of Things solution, I no longer had to go build my own data center. And that was a a particularly onerous part of, you know, doing machine to machine. And then the second part was, now that I don't have to build my own data center, I can also take advantage of built-in cloud functionality that helps me build my IoT solution faster. So, for example, back in the day of machine to machine, when I was taking, you know, raw bare metal servers or virtual machines, and I'd have to start building things from scratch, you know, today, you know, you can go to the Azure portal and you can spin up um, one of our, you know, cloud gateways for connecting to IoT devices. We call it IoT Hub. And you can connect to millions of devices and handle trillions of messages. And you don't have to write a line of code in the cloud to support that, right? That's something we take care of. That didn't exist back in the day. So the industry has come quite a way. Um, I'd say, in the state of the industry right now is we're just in the middle of the transition. If you look at the technology adoption lifecycle of innovators and early adopters, uh, and then you get the early majority and late majority, um, we're right in the middle of this transition across the chasm between the early adopters and the uh, early majority. And so we're starting to see customers that are showing up that just want to take advantage of IoT in a simple way. And so a lot of what we've done over the last five years and being in market was to build out, you know, the core capabilities that's required to build these hyperscale million devices sending trillions of messages solutions and to be able to manage all of that at scale. And what we started to journey a few years back is making that simple. And we've got a whole bunch of products that I'll talk about today that really make it so that almost any business on the planet can take advantage of IoT. So we're right on the cusp of that transition from Possible to easy. Fantastic, Sam. You know, I'm just kind of listening in there. You know, it's super exciting to sort of get your your perspective on the space and the opportunity. And so switching gears a little bit. So, you know, for all listeners of which I'm sure we'll have, you know, industry customers and partners listening in, if you were to sort of ground us in your thinking on Microsoft's role in really thinking about IoT and the opportunity, you know, how would you kind of describe that, you know, kind of to really ground people in their thinking? When you really look at an IoT solution, an IoT solution is a business solution, right? It is a foundational and fundamental part of a business. And as such, we think that IoT is going to touch and transform every single business on the planet. And when we think about that, that is not a winner-take-all market. That is not a Microsoft's going to go do this for the world. That is a market that requires deep ecosystem and deep partnerships um, to really be successful. And we've built a leadership position over the last five years with exactly that approach. And so we look at our role as, you know, as we as we looked at IoT, the the lens we looked at it through is we said, what are the things that are going to be really hard 
Like what is what is the toil that is going to be sort of undifferentiated heavy lifting for all of the different vertical solutions that are going to be built? Like building cloud services to manage, you know, two-way connectivity to millions of devices, sending trillions of messages and doing that in a secure way and enabling device management is hard, is really hard stuff. But it's also undifferentiated if all I care about is predictive maintenance of my water pumps or knowing when a bridge is at risk and needs to be fixed. You know, that's not what's differentiated. The solution, the vertical solution is differentiated. So our fundamental position is, is that we build out the hyperscale cloud and edge capabilities the plumbing, we view ourselves as hyperscale plumbers. And then we have a rich partner ecosystem of ISVs and GSIs and system integrators and, and hardware providers that provide these vertical solutions that help you with the with the real business value. So there's this really nice symbiotic relationship between us and our partner ecosystem in IoT. I think that's really good to kind of, you know, just kind of ground ourselves. You know, we think a lot about, you know, so Kind of playing back what you just said, which is which is great to, for everyone to, to hear is, you know, hyperscale plumbers, I like it, you know, so think of Microsoft as providing the technology and the services, but key to all of this in terms of innovation and also really kind of IP is our, our ecosystem and our partners. And I think it's important for everyone to hear that, you know, the kind of the opportunity that we bring with the platform and services, but as Microsoft, we're a partnering company and that's all about our, our ecosystem. Great mm-hmm. to hear. So I think that's a good segue. You know, Jeff, I know you work with a lot of the, the partner ecosystem and RIT partners. I mean, would you like to share some of your thoughts about the partner ecosystem around IoT? You bet. It's a great question. And we're seeing some, some pretty tremendous momentum, and it's, it's an exciting time to be in this space. You know, I think we've seen an evolution in the IoT space uh, significantly over the course of the last even 12 to 18 months, where, you know, customers are increasingly building their own IoT solutions, leveraging our technology. But so, too, are our partners and our publishers. Our partners are building IoT-based solutions, leveraging this, this hyperscale plumbing we're referring to, uh, and putting their own secret sauce on top of it, whether it be full verticalized solutions or even horizontalized solutions to support kind of niche use cases. Uh, we have a great platform for not only our customers to build solutions, with our platform, but so too we give that capability to our partners. And, and when our partners are building these solutions, the marketplace is a great way for them to not only get visibility for the solutions, but get those in the hands of their customers really efficiently through purchase and deployment. So again, really exciting times and marketplace is kind of the, uh, the tail end of that process that really enables our customers and partners to connect on these unique solutions. Let me, let me just highlight a little bit as well. You know, just even recently when, you know, the world was hit with the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, our first reaction as Microsoft was let's go to all of our partners and let's assemble the partner solutions that will help with COVID-19 and will help businesses more safely return to work. And so we went and worked through our partner network. We've now assembled um, almost 200 partner-based solutions that are everything from well, like one of our partners can actually drop ship a COVID-19 testing station that's you know fully connected right outside of business. And some of those other partners can do things like, you know, they have an IoT solution that'll help keep hospital workers safe in hospital environments. It's all from the partner network and all of those are up on marketplace. Those are fantastic examples. And you have already, Sam, used the term Azure IoT. And 
I also noticed that you used an example of how Azure might play into an IoT ecosystem with uh, the IoT hub that you mentioned, that service. Mm -hmm. So how does Microsoft's IoT strategy really meld with Azure? What's Azure's big role behind our IoT play? And what are some of Microsoft's big investments in place here? When we started our IoT journey, and again, that was six years ago, one of the first things that we did is we understood, you know, what does an IoT solution look like? And that's where, you know, we came up with, the, you know, we figured out that it says things, insights, and actions. And then the next thing we did is we said, what does Azure already have or is about to have? And then what is Azure missing? And so what we did is we went about building the things, you know, that Azure was missing. So, you know, a lot of what Azure has had and has now are things like, great data storage and analytics systems, great business process integration systems, great abilities to build Power BI, like for example, with Power BI to build BI dashboards, to take advantage of citizen developers with Power Automate and Power Apps. So there's a lot of stuff Azure already had. What it didn't have was the part where, you know, cloud services for connecting to and managing those millions of devices at scale of software development kits that run open source cross-platform for IoT devices or edge computing offerings. And so we went about building all of those uh, and really focused on that. So our first sort of click stop in IoT was to build out these platform foundational services. And those were services like IoT Hub, which is that cloud gateway for connecting to and managing all of those you know, millions of devices sending billions of messages for IoT Edge, which is our edge computing uh, runtime, runs on devices as small as Raspberry Pi or as large as the biggest server that you want to run it on. And it runs container-based work workloads of Azure services themselves, or even software development kits for IoT devices themselves. And even you know offerings like Azure Sphere, which is our highly differentiated, um, highly secure. You can almost think of it as a SaaS offering for an IoT device to monitor in real time the security posture of the device, to provide updates for it uh, that Microsoft stands behind. And even now our newest member, which is Azure RTOS, uh, the tiniest of uh, our edge offerings that runs in uh, two kilobytes of memory um, on, a real, on a microcontroller uh, or 50 kilobytes of memory or above for a connected experience. So we did, we did all of that. And the first thing that we noticed, and it's worth calling out, is that, you know, when we looked at the IoT market, our analysis told us that it was really the enterprise and commercial markets that were going to stand to benefit hugely from IoT. So, for example, if I'm, you know, I'll pick one of our earliest customers, ThyssenKrupp Elevators, um, who was managing millions of devices worldwide, or, you know, another one like Buhler, who builds these food processing machines that process uh, 70% of the world's food supplies and are always looking in real time for toxins in that. You know, those are two examples where, you know, they they wanted to take advantage of these services and were able to um, and build an IoT solution. And, you know, they're fairly sophisticated companies. But when we looked across these commercial and they saved, you know, millions of dollars doing this. But as we looked across the industry, what we saw is that the, the, the majority of customers, that sort of large part under the bell curve of the technology adoption lifecycle, they don't have these large, sophisticated development shops. And so what we went about doing was making IoT, sim like simplifying IoT and making it easier and easier for mass market adoption. And for that, we, we got into our next sort of phase of IoT, 
which is building IoT Central. And what IoT Central is, is IoT Central assembles all of the different Azure services for you for an IoT service. You don't have to understand how cloud solution development works. You simply provision an application, takes about 15 seconds. Uh, you connect devices to it and you can connect as many as you want. And under the covers, we're orchestrating all of those Azure services for you. Super easy to use, uh, super scalable. And that's been great. That's been sort of that next click stop up. So IoT Central is another important part. And both of these, both the platforms that I've been talking about and IoT Central are, are really geared towards connecting to, managing, finding insights from assets. So we talk about how there's this evolution of this evolution of connected solutions. And IoT is really at the phase of connecting assets. And what we're starting to see now is this emerging pattern of I don't want to just connect manufacturing equipment in a factory. I want to connect the whole factory itself, the entire physical space. I want to be able to know, you know, what are all the processes that are happening in the factory? Who are the people that are doing them? What does the supply chain inbound to the factory look like? You know, what do the downstream suppliers look like? And as you start to connect entire environments, which is that next click stop, that's what this new service that we just made a public preview available of Azure Digital Twins is for. It's about connecting entire environments. And it's built on top of our IoT, you can almost think of it as like IoT for assets, services like IoT Hub and Central, but it also adds this new ability to track entire environments, to be able to model those environments, to track the live state of them, and then to track the past, to be able to simulate possibilities, and then to also be able to predict the future. That's what Digital Twins is, is about. And there's more, but those are sort of the highlights right now. When you think about predicting the future, you're thinking about things like time series data where I'm looking at predictive maintenance on uh, my manufacturing lines and stuff like this? Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, that brings us to another one of those core IoT services, which is when you get data from an IoT device, the majority of the time it comes in a time series fashion, right? For example, if you're measuring temperature and humidity and vibration, you might get temperature, humidity and vibration every 10 seconds. And that repeats itself for days, months, years. And, you know, if I connect to one device and start, you know, analyzing time series data, looking for anomalies and patterns, you know, that's one thing. But when I have a million devices and I have petabytes of IoT data and I want to find insights, then you start getting into very complicated data wrangling techniques, um, very complicated analytics. And so what we did is we, again, simplified that at the data and analytics layer with uh, Azure Time Series Insights. So we make Time Series Insights as easy as I have an IoT hub, it's connected to a large fleet of devices. I provision Azure Time Series Insights. I connect it to the IoT hub and it automatically starts collecting data that comes through IoT hub. And it makes it so, and it's got a built, it's a platform, but it's also got a built-in user experience. And that user experience is as easy for a knowledge worker to learn as Word or Office or Word or Outlook or PowerPoint uh, or Excel. It's very straightforward. And so what we've done is we've made it so that IoT data is now as easy to find trends and patterns and, and anomalies in for an average knowledge worker as it is for that knowledge worker to you know, do something in Excel. Um, it's very, very easy. Excellent discussion. So I'm going to take us a little bit back. We mentioned earlier on in our uh, conversation about the, the Microsoft commercial marketplace. And so 
you know, as I look at the IoT space, which is clearly maturing and customers are increasingly leveraging Azure IoT capabilities, if we discussed about uh, either directly or via partner solutions. Jeff, maybe I'll kind of come to you. I mean, what role do you see the role of uh, Azure Marketplace, which is one of the storefronts under the Microsoft Commercial Marketplace? What role do you see it playing in terms of, you know, from a partner point of view, uh, publishing IoT solutions? And of course, from a customer point of view, actually looking to go buy and purchase IT solutions. I'd love to get your perspective on this. Uh, you've been appreciated. And I think from, from the partner publisher point of view, you know, we make it as easy as possible to take your solution uh, and allow you to sell it and deploy it in the most effective way possible. So a lot of tooling there to support that, to, to make for a great experience. But really from a customer's perspective, I look at it in two two big buckets. The first is, is Marketplace really makes it easier uh, for our customers to, what I kind of referred to earlier, you know, find, try, buy, and ultimately deploy solutions. You know, It's our mission to make sure that partner solutions are available, customers can find them easily, try them where appropriate, purchase them, leverage their existing Azure account or EA to, to make that purchase, and where, where possible, deploy those, those resources directly into their Azure subscription and get going. So really increasing the ease and ultimately uh, get them uh, a quite, quite a bit faster time to market. So get them up and running with their solution uh, as quickly as possible. And there's really two sides of this as well. So in a perfect world, we've got fully repeatable solutions where our customers can find that solution again, buy it and deploy it. But in many cases, uh, IoT solutions can be highly complicated uh, in terms of the number of components, the customization, et cetera. Uh, the marketplace also allows uh, for certain specific uh, customization, uh, such that enterprise, large-scale enterprise deals can be negotiated, customized, and managed through the marketplace so that a customer can buy via a pre-negotiated term with the right components, with the right terms through that marketplace engine. So marketplace is increasing that, uh, that efficiency and making the experience easier, not only for the self-serve experience, but also in support of those larger enterprise, what we call co-sell deals in our ecosystem. So a lot of important capabilities here that uh, we're giving to, to both audiences. Fabulous, super exciting. And certainly for our listeners, we'll we'll make sure we share some of the links in the show notes if if uh, the Microsoft Commercial Marketplace is, is new to you. Uh, and we'll hear a little bit more as, it, as we go along. David, back to you. Sure. One of the things I've been curious about is a term that's already been referenced a couple of times, and that's IoT on the edge. And we know mm. that a typical device is if you will, on the edge, right? Uh, uh, a Raspberry Pi was given as an example earlier, or an Azure Sphere device. But we're also moving services to the edge. And I wonder if, uh, Sam, you could talk a little bit about what that looks like in terms of what the edge means today. Uh, we have different capabilities on it than maybe just the processing units themselves, right? It's a great, it's a great question. So, you know, early IoT, you could think of the topology as I have a cloud solution and that cloud solution is directly connected, you know, network connection by network connection to a set of uh, IoT devices. And again, those IoT devices are monitoring the things I care about. And what was fascinating that we saw, you know, as we were about two years into our IoT journey is that, you know, a typical example of the value that IoT brings uh, is to predict uh, the maintenance of assets that are important to you. And so the way that typically works is, you know, I'm collecting data about, uh, like I'll pick on an example of a water pump. I'm collecting data of a water pump that's maybe temperature and vibration. And over time, what I do is I build a corpus of data uh, stored in the cloud and then correlate failure points. 
you know, when did when did a pump fail, and what were the what was the you know data, often time series leading up to that, that will help predict that. And I use technologies like uh, Azure Machine Learning in order to build the models that will predict those failure points. So then now I've got predictive maintenance working, and I can tell with a very high percentage, let's say you know 98% or so accuracy, what the remaining useful life of is of a water pump and when it's gonna when it's gonna need servicing or replacement. That's great. The way that solution works is I have a device that's always sending data up to the cloud, and then as data enters the cloud, it gets run through um, a service like Azure Stream Analytics after it goes through IoT Hub. And Stream Analytics has uh, support for machine learning models uh, right in line as it's processing those data streams coming through. And if it spots something that looks like your remaining useful life is going to be too short, um, then you know it sends an alert and then you do something about it. So what's interesting, though, is as more and more companies got comfortable with and, and learned to depend on the ability to predict maintenance, they started to ask questions like, well, now, you know, what happens if someone in my area digs up a fiber network cable with a backhoe and that device now is unprotected and it can't send an alert to a local technician that it needs servicing? So we start we started seeing some customers that would then duplicate the machine learning model that they already had running in the cloud and they duplicated it, you know, out on out on the device itself. And we kind of looked at that and we said, you know, that that really looks like a problem. You know, why, why, you know, if I've got this great cloud solution model or this cloud model for developing a machine learning model, why can't I just take that same machine learning model and push it right out to the edge on that device? And then instead of the device sending all the data to the cloud, it's just scoring it against that machine learning model on the edge. And then the only thing that it sends to the cloud is an alert that says my remaining useful life changed and you know, here's what it is now. And then there's this also this really interesting loop where that happens then where data is then periodically bulk uploaded from that device to the cloud. And then because one of the things about machine learning models is you have to keep retraining them because as data changes, you know, the machine learning models need to as well. So edge computing was born out of this need to have workload portability between things that I'd already developed in the cloud and things out on the edge. And so we came up with Azure IoT Edge uh, several years ago now, and it's effect, it's a container-based system. And for those that are familiar with containers, you know that containers are great for portability. And so, you know, as you build, and what we've done is we've gone around to a set of Azure services like Azure uh, Machine Learning and Azure Stream Analytics and Azure Cognitive Services for easy AI uh, and a bunch of others and they are now able to containerize themselves, and then you can deploy them right out to IoT devices uh, running this IoT Edge runtime. That's fantastic and brings the solution much closer to the problem. Man, uh, AI on the edge, <laughs> that's yep. just cool. Jeff, I have a question for you with regard to that, and that is, does any specific edge solution that might be available in the Microsoft commercial marketplace come to mind for you when you hear this type of uh, solution? 
Uh, certainly. It's, and this is one of those fast-growing areas with uh, not only a, a wide range of solutions from Microsoft, but also from our partner ecosystem. Uh, what, what's exciting is we talk about the ability to use Marketplace to deploy more effectively. Uh, we have the concept of what we call an IoT Edge module in our Marketplace, uh, where this container resides and can ultimately be deployed. And so we have we have a ton of great solutions out there, uh, a couple from Microsoft. We have the OPC uh, Publisher, uh, which allows you to connect to existing OPC UA servers. Um, some great solutions from partners like NVIDIA that allow you to perform that kind of AI in the edge that we're talking about across multiple video streams simultaneously. So a lot of really great solutions, not only from Microsoft from a first-party perspective, uh, but also from our partner ecosystem. And now let's take a moment out to listen to this very important message. Did you know the Microsoft Commercial Marketplace allows you to find and purchase leading Microsoft certified solutions from Microsoft partners? The Microsoft Commercial Marketplace includes Microsoft App Source and Azure Marketplace. Each storefront serves unique customer requirements and different target audiences, so publishers can ensure solutions are available to the right customers. For applications that integrate with Microsoft 365 products, visit appsource.microsoft.com. Get solutions tailored to your industry that work with the products you already use. For B2B Azure-based solutions, visit azuremarketplace.microsoft.com. Here you can discover, try, and deploy the cloud software solutions you want. So let's let's talk a little bit about you know we've you know we've looked at and we've listened to to Sam and to Jeff talking about sort of the the technology, the partner opportunity, um, and super super exciting. And I'm sure the listeners out there, uh, Sam, I'm going to look to you to start off with, and I'll hand over to Jeff. Let's kind of double click a little bit and think about from an industry point of view. Let's think about industry scenarios that are kind of point of mind for you that. Uh, you're seeing sort of the, that are really we're, we're driving innovation with IoT, um, and you know the goal here is to sort of try and make it real for the listeners. Let's let's think about business processes and, and, and industry and and how really sort of the technology is helping. So let's start with you, Sam, and then Jeff. You can you can chime in as well afterwards with your perspective. So Sam, over to you. In industry, this is where you know the rubber really meets the road, where something that you you know an IoT pattern starts to turn into a business solution. You know, and a business solution, you know, a problem that you're solving, for example, in manufacturing looks different than a problem that you're solving in uh, agriculture or in healthcare. The underlying technology is the same and the patterns are the same, but the solutions uh, are different. And so I'm going to talk about, let me talk quickly about a few different industries and the sort of typical solutions that we see there. And then I also want to highlight our sort of partner network uh, as, as part of those um, so I'll take manufacturing as an example. In, in manufacturing, the things that you're concerned with are, you know, improving the quality of the things that you're manufacturing, predicting the maintenance of all of your manufacturing equipment to ensure as small a downtime as possible and coordinated downtime windows, improving the overall equipment efficiency of your factory assets. You know, these are the, the biggest concerns uh, of manufacturers and ensuring safety. You know, if you look at something like agriculture, what you're doing is you're trying to reduce the amount of water that you're applying to be able to grow foods because, you know, water is a precious and limited resource. You're trying to reduce the amount of energy that you're using. You're trying to reduce the amount of pesticides. And you can use IoT and sensors and even edge computing in agriculture to tell you exactly what parts of the fields need water, what parts have pest infestation, uh, which parts need pesticides and, and which don't. Um, and dramatically reduce how much water and energy and, and, and natural resources you're consuming. 
Uh, in manufacturing, you know, you're reducing or you're improving that uh, equipment efficiency. In healthcare, you know, we see a lot of scenarios around remote patient monitoring, especially in the time of COVID-19. You know, if someone's got an injury to a leg or, you know, you see people that are monitoring for um, injuries and they might, you know, have diabetes and they want to make sure that, that they're not getting an infection in their, in their legs, for example, there's monitoring cuffs that go around uh, your feet um, that are connected back to your doctor in a way that fully respects privacy and all of the HIPAA compliance rules. But, you know, instead of having to go into the doctor every time, the, the device that you're wearing is actually interacting back with your doctor's office, and then they can send you alerts when it's time to meet you. So there's so many of these types of scenarios for different industries. And the great news about, you know, Microsoft is that not only do we have you know, deep expertise in all of these industries. We also, you know, are working with the, you know, Fortune 1000 or Fortune 5000 companies that are in all of these industries. And most importantly, we have this really deep partner network. Um, so as an example, I'll pick on manufacturing. You know, we partner with some of the largest and most influential ISVs in, in manufacturing, you know, Siemens and Rockwell and Schneider and uh, PTC and, there's a this long list of companies that we partner with in manufacturing. Um, as you start looking at other areas like agriculture or smart energy or um, healthcare, you know, there's similar ISVs that we're working with. So industry is a really important thing because that's really when IoT becomes real. Thanks, Sam. That's super helpful. And, and Jeff, maybe I'll look to you. I mean, we mentioned about, obviously, the Microsoft commercial marketplace. And maybe you could share some thoughts on you know, some of the partners that you and our teams have been working on and bringing those solutions to the marketplace. Could, could you share some thoughts here? I would love to. And uh, Sam, I could just listen to you all day. I think that's one of the most exciting parts about this business is that IoT has so many use cases and is making such a dramatic impact in so many different industries and scenarios. So we could have a two-hour conversation on this, but uh, just to kind of highlight a few areas. I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier, but um, there's some pretty impressive horizontal uh, IoT solutions that are solving problems across multiple verticals. I think of things like connectivity solutions from Zadata, their Quick Edge Connect solution. I think of analytic solutions like Seek, Shook IoT, and Site Machine doing some really impressive things. But from a, a vertical perspective, uh, in our App Source uh, catalog, we have a lot of very impressive solutions across the board that are really dedicated to solving specific problems. And I think if I look at some of the broader categories of, of activity where a lot of energy is right now, we see a lot of, a lot of energy and intelligent supply chain. Companies like Sergere uh, with their intelligent supply chain solution doing some pretty impressive things. I also think about companies like, uh, like Mariner uh, who are doing spyglass visual inspection, a uh, visual inspection tool uh, that's cloud-based, leveraging AI uh, and IoT to improve uh, the quality of, of products uh, across multiple industries. So just a ton of examples from asset management to connected products to infrastructure to even vehicles and mobility. A ton of great solutions that are really exciting. And quite frankly, like I said, this is why I get excited. There's so many more uh, ideas and solutions that are being uh, addressed that we don't even know about yet. So great time to be in IoT. You know, I have a question about security because that's one of the things I hear talked about most in the world of IoT. In fact, you know, you can talk with any given chief security officer, they might fall over when when we start talking about IoT solutions. So what alleviates some of those concerns for people? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. You know, you can't talk about IoT without talking about security. It is a very important topic. And, you know, the good news for our partners and our customers is it's one 
where we have brought our full expertise to bear. Um, you know, Microsoft has this long history of being very security focused, you know, starting back in the day with Windows XP Service Pack 2. And it's in our culture now, like it's in our engineering culture from when, you know, engineers first join us to the most senior levels of leadership. So in IoT, you know, we, we took a very, um, a very firm stance uh, when we uh, first set out on IoT. And one of the things that we said from the very beginning is, number one, you know, from our cloud gateways connecting to devices, we are going to only support highly secure connections. So we had customers at the time that were saying, hey, I'd like something that's not using, you know, TLS security, for example, I'd like to do unencrypted. And we we frankly just said no, because we said, you know, that would be a really bad idea. And I'm, I'm glad we did. You know, we've had this posture of, you know, secure by default and to push every single security technique that, that we can bring to bear. And I'll give a couple examples in addition to the, you know, only supporting TLS connections down to the device. For example, supporting X509 certificates for device identity for, you know, we brought Azure Security Center to market so that Azure Security Center, which works now with our IoT services, with Azure Security Center for IoT, actually does active monitoring now of your IoT and IoT Edge devices. And it monitors them both at the device level and at the cloud level. So as an example, uh, when you deploy an IoT device and you turn on Azure Security Center for IoT, it will tell you, it will warn you if your device is starting to behave in an anomalous way. Like for example, if that device all of a sudden opens up a network connection to a known botnet that we know about in the cloud, we will alert you, right? And that all comes from all of our uh, security operations teams that operate worldwide, monitoring everything that we do worldwide and all of the different offerings that we provide. You know, at the same time, if let's say, for example, you have an administrator account that's managing your cloud services and it's backed by um, Active Directory, and we noticed that there's been a spurious logon, like for example, you had two, a simultaneous logon in two different parts of the world. We can flag it immediately and say, looks like you have a compromised account. And so it really is this, we, we've gotten to the point where it's not just best practices, but we have proactive security monitoring. And then we just acquired uh, a company, we announced this recently, we just acquired a company called CyberX, who is a cyber physical security expert. and they actually do really sophisticated, and we're integrating that in Azure Security Center for IoT. They do very sophisticated network inspection. So they can tell, number one, what are all the IoT devices on my network? Because quite frankly, if you're an enterprise, you probably don't know all of the IoT devices that are on your enterprise that people have just brought with them. And so it'll tell you all of that. And better yet, it has a catalog of all of the different behaviors that are normal for those types of devices, and it'll warn you when it's behaving abnormally. So we're really getting to the phase where, you know, we're super proactive. You know, with Azure Sphere, um, we've gotten to the point where we have from the very ground up, from silicon to the operating system, a little Linux microkernel to a security monitoring service, we have an end-to-end -end turnkey package where Microsoft st stands behind the security of a device. I honestly can't think of another company that's doing more in security and IoT uh, than what we are. Speaking about standing behind the security of a device, we even threw out, a, I believe it was a $100,000 challenge to hack Azure Sphere. Mm -hmm. 
That was a, a fun program just to illustrate the multiple levels of security on that device, of which there were many, including hardware level. Yes. Yes, very much. Excellent. And hopefully no one won the challenge, just, just to be clear. But so security, of course, <laughs> is is kind of key and integral to us all. I'm just, you know, so Sam, I'm going to you know put my, myself in the footsteps of um, you know, some of our more experienced users out there that perhaps have familiarity with IoT and some of the, the challenges. So I'm thinking about, could you share a little bit from your perspective and the work we've been doing on how we're, you know, sort of solving some of the gnarly problems. So, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, we have a proliferation of devices out there mm-hmm. that don't necessarily talk to each other. So, you know, there's problems on, uh, you know, kind of protocols and standardization and being able to manage the the, the, the device estate. You know, and these are, I think, are some of the, the sort of the bread and butter of the, some of the key issues that, that are hard and gnarly. And I'm yeah. sure some of our, our listeners are, are hoping that we've cracked the code on or at least making lives a little bit simpler uh, for them. So could you share a little bit of the, what we've done there and, and how we're making lives easier, if you will? Very much. Let me give a bit of an analogy. So one of the biggest problems that we see in, I'll call it, you know, the early IoT was when I build a solution, let's say, again, I'll, I'll go back to that water pump example. When I have a device that's monitoring that water pump, I've built software that's on that device that is hard-coded to monitor those particular sensors, you know, temperature and humidity. And I'm sending it to the cloud in a certain format, and then the cloud is expecting that format. You know, it's going over a secure connection and everything, but there's this hard coding between the software that's running on my device and the solution uh, that's listening to that device or sending it commands in the cloud. And the, the communication between that is already fairly standard, right? It's typically MQTT, over a TLS connection and you know the world's sort of starting to standardize on MQTT for IoT. But the real problem that we saw was this sort of hard-coded nature between the software on the device and the software in the cloud. And we saw a really similar pattern years ago. For those uh, listeners that are old enough to remember, when you first when Windows first came out, this is before Windows 95, when you wanted to run a peripheral, let's say you had a microphone, for example, and you wanted to you know, use that microphone with your Windows PC, you had to install software first on Windows. And that software knew exactly what to expect from that microphone. And of course, that was a fine first step. But eventually, and years later, after it all started working super smoothly, we had this thing called plug and play. And what plug and play at its simplest was, was a capability model where a device could self-describe. And when the device plugged into Windows, it would say, Here's who I am, here's what I do, and Windows knew how to interact with it. And the thing that was interesting, that's where the analogy sort of stops. The thing that was interesting about it was that the device had a capability model that it sent along with the connection to, to Windows. And you know, it was just one of these big aha moments that we had a couple of years ago that IoT was fundamentally missing that and that that was a problem. And so we came up with this approach, we call it IoT plug and play, Uh, because everyone knows what it does just from listening to it. And the way IoT plug and play works is it enables you to create a schema of the interaction pattern for that device, specifically the telemetry that the device sends, any properties that it reports, any state that it synchronizes, or any commands that it receives. And so you can model that in a JSON-LD schema. And then once you've modeled that, then we can do a whole bunch of really interesting things with what's effectively metadata that describes an interaction pattern. So the first thing we can do is 
we can take Visual Studio Code and generate software on the device that adheres to that contract, to that interaction pattern. And then all you have to do is write a little bit of code to listen to the sensors themselves. The other thing we can do is, as that device connects to the cloud, in particular to solutions that support plug and play, like IoT Central or like partner solutions, what it means is that as the device connects to that solution, like IoT Central, even if IoT Central has never seen that device before, it can automatically populate a dashboard for it, it can automatically start collecting data from it, and it can automatically enable you to send commands and synchronize state with that device, all without writing any code. And why that's interesting is it dramatically reduces the amount of time that it takes to build software for the device and software for the solution, but it also means that our partner ecosystem can now, which they've started to do, produce plug and play devices. And with a plug and play device, what it means is that I can use the same device across multiple different solutions. So for example, that device that was monitoring temperature and uh, vibration for a water pump, now all of a sudden I can start to use that exact same device to perhaps do predictive maintenance for a washing machine uh, or, or anything else. And what that means is that device providers can now start providing standard devices that are mass produced that can be used very quickly and easily by any solution. So that's like one of the biggest, you know, sort of step forward things that we've done as it relates to, you know, the, the connection between devices and the cloud. The other thing that we've done is we've line that up with our new digital twin for environments initiative. And in fact, that schema that describes what a device interaction model is, is the exact same schema that we use to describe um, a physical environment. So you can use that same schema to describe a factory and the people in it and the processes that are happening. And what that means is that as a device connects to Azure digital twins, it just shows up as another digital twin. So Sam and Jeff, I want to thank both of you so much for being on the show. I've learned a lot today. And I don't know about you, Paul, but there are some things in this podcast that I certainly wasn't aware of, and I'm going to have to go dig in and learn more about. Oh, absolutely. Learn to turn. It's, it's been, as always, you know, a pleasure listening to Sam. And also, so it's been great having Jeff on board to learn to turn. Well, we'll have links to all of the different technologies and some of the projects that we're discussed in today's episode, along with social links so that you can follow Jeff and Sam at their respective uh, social handles, along with Sam's blog. So with that, I want to thank you, Sam, so very much for being on today's show. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. It was great talking to everybody, and uh, it's never been a better time to start taking advantage of IoT. And Jeff, thanks so much for representing the marketplace. Good job. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Azure for Industry podcast, the show that explores how industry experts are transforming our world with Azure. For show topic recommendations or other feedback, reach out to us at industrypodcast at microsoft.com.